The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 125, Three Sons of Isaiah and the Messianic Age. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. An old joke describes someone visiting a zoo who suddenly sees a wolf and a lamb together in the same cage. This, of course, is an apparent fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, predicting an age of peace yet to come, when animals of prey will no longer attack peaceful creatures. When the visitor asks a zookeeper how such a stunning reification of Isaiah's words has been achieved, the zookeeper replies, very easy, every day we put in another lamb. The point is obvious. As much as we would wish it otherwise, we know that the end of evil, of war, and of violence has not yet arrived. But at the same time, Judaism maintains its faith in this moment that is yet to come. And the careful study of the verses and names preceding Isaiah's prophecy allows us to better understand the endurance of the Jewish faith. To set the historical stage, we return to several figures that we know from the Book of Kings. In the northern kingdom of Israel, Yehu's dynasty is overthrown, civil war ensues, and Pekach ben Ramalyahu ultimately becomes king. Assyria has become the major power in the region. It is led by Tiglath-Pileser, who comes to the throne in the 740s BCE. Pekach, king of the northern kingdom of Israel, joins Aram and its capital, Damascus, in an attempted revolt against Assyria. These rulers, Damascus and Pekah, who rules from Samaria, ask the southern kingdom of Judah to join them, which refuses. And Damascus and Samaria march on Judea and Jerusalem, which is led by the Davidic king Ahaz, or Jehoahaz. Isaiah is told to promise Ahaz, the Davidic king, that this assault on Jerusalem and Judea will ultimately fail. And Isaiah is told to bring along his son, whose name is Sha'ar Yashuv, which means the remnant shall return. Chapter 7. And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz the son of Yotam, the son of Uziyahu, king of Yehuda, that Ritzin the king of Aram, and Pekach the son of Ramaliahu, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told the house of David, saying, Aram is confederate with Ephraim, and his heart was moved in the heart of his people, as the trees of the forest are moved with the wind. Then said the Lord to Isaiah, Go out now to meet Ahaz, thou and Shariashuv thy son, at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool, in the highway of the washer's field, and say to him, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted, on account of the two tails of these smoking firebrands. Thus Isaiah tells Ahaz not to fear. And then the prophet offers the king a sign that a child will soon be born, and that soon after the enemy attacking Jerusalem will be destroyed, proving the truth of the child's name. Immanuel, God is with us. Continue now in Isaiah. And in this lecture, as I do often, I'm using the translation of Harold Fish in the Koran Jerusalem Bible with some of my own emendations. Verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I try the Lord. And he said, Hear now, a house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the young woman is with child, and she will bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
Butter and honey shall he eat, when he shall know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings thou dreadest shall be deserted. This prophecy of Isaiah is clearly not a reference to the Messiah or the Messianic age, because the sign here is that when this child is still a young boy, the threat of Damascus and Pekach of the northern kingdom will be destroyed by the triumph of Assyria, which will become the next threat to Judea. Whose child is Emmanuel? For Rashi and many modern Jewish scholars, this is a child of Isaiah himself, whose birth is predicted here. Isaiah's progeny and their names are clearly meant to reflect messages of God. Thus, after the birth of Emmanuel, another child is bestowed upon Isaiah and his wife, which speaks of the punishment to be wreaked on those that are threatening Jerusalem. Chapter 8. Moreover, the Lord said to me, Take a great roll and write on it with a common pen. The spoil speeds, the prey hastens. And I took to myself faithful witnesses, namely Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Yevarachiahu. And I came near the wife of the prophet, and she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said to me, Call his name Maher Shalal Chashbaz. The spoil speeds, the prey hastens. For before the child shall know how to cry, My father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria shall be taken away before the king of Assyria. Thus, ladies and gentlemen, we have three sons of Isaiah, Sha'ar Yashuv, meaning the remnant shall return, Immanuel, which means God is with us, and Maher Shalal Chashbaz, which essentially means the destruction of those threatening Judah and Jerusalem. The names of these children are proven prophetic. Assyria conquers Damascus, and Judea, the remnant of Israel, is saved. But Ahaz, king of Judah, abandons the righteousness of some of his ancestors and follows this by importing Assyrian idolatry into the Jerusalem temple as a symbol of his submission to the king of Assyria. His son, the son of Ahaz, the next king of Judah, Hezekiah, Hizkiah, will rebel against Assyria, and as we have seen, the Assyrian empire will then sweep over Lachish and many other Judean cities. Isaiah, however, promises even before the birth of Hezekiah that in the end, the people of Judah will know peace and salvation under this next king utterly unlike anything since Solomon, that the birth of Hezekiah will herald the defeat of the Assyrian Empire, which is then the most terrifying power on the earth. Chapter 9, verse 5. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government is upon his shoulder, and his name is called Pelayoet El Gibor Aviad, Sar Shalom. This is a prophecy about the birth of Hezekiah, in whose reign Assyria will be miraculously defeated, through the greatest salvation since the splitting of the sea. Hezekiah is referred to here by a long list of Hebrew words, which can be understood as a description of the blessings to be bestowed upon Hezekiah. Thus the words can be taken to mean, the wondrous advisor, mighty God, eternal father, will make him, Hezekiah, into the prince of peace. As we have seen in the book of Kings, and as we will see later again in Isaiah, this is exactly what unfolds. Peace reigns when Assyria is miraculously destroyed during Hezekiah's reign. But after these verses, after this description of the age of Hezekiah, Isaiah the prophet offers us another vision, that of the Messiah son of David from the house of Yeshai of Jesse. Chapter 11. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a brand shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither decide after the hearing of his ears. 
but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child play on the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the viper's nest. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that day it shall be that the root of Jesse that stands for a banner of the peoples, to it shall the nations seek, and his resting place shall be glorious. Here Isaiah gives us a vision of a descendant of David who not only will defeat Israel's enemies, but will also usher in an era of world peace. And the fact that this passage follows a discussion of Assyria's downfall allows us to understand that this messianic description could have been Hezekiah himself. Hezekiah could have been the Messiah. As we've noted previously, Hezekiah was one of the greatest of Judean kings, but he could have been even greater. The sages assert that Hezekiah, following the salvation, could have ushered in the messianic age of which Isaiah spoke. At the time of the miraculous defeat of Assyria, when Jerusalem mysteriously endured, at that moment, the world was ready to hear about the God of Abraham who dwelled in Jerusalem. It was precisely during Hezekiah's reign, when Solomon's dream of all the world turning to God in the temple could have come true, but it was not to be. And the fact that we do not live today in a world of peace is itself the sign that the Messiah has not yet come. But for Judaism, this means that just as Isaiah's promise of salvation from the hands of Damascus was fulfilled, and just as Isaiah's promise of salvation from the hands of Assyria was fulfilled, so too will Isaiah's messianic prediction be fulfilled in the future. This is a tenet of Judaism, and it is reflected in another famous anecdote about a shtetl that hires a watchman to wait for the Messiah so that he can let his brethren know when he spots the Redeemer coming around the bend, and when this watchman is asked why he accepted such a monotonous form of employment, he would invariably reply, the pay's not so good, but it's a lifetime job. Waiting for the Redeemer of Israel is considered a lifetime job for the Jews. And according to the Talmud, Jews are obligated not only to assert our faith in the Messiah, but to yearn for the arrival of the Messiah. Thus, one of the list of credos that many Jews often recite, Animamin bemuna shleima beviat HaMashiach, I believe with complete faith in the coming of the Messiah. Even though he may tarry, nevertheless, I will await daily his arrival. And when we think about the fact that Jews had the strength and the faith to continue to believe, despite their trials and travails, in the messianic redemption yet to come, we realize that the secret can be found in the names of the children of Isaiah. Jews throughout the centuries were sustained by the knowledge of Immanuel, that in all times God was with them that God was with us, with the Jewish people. They had moreover looked through history and seen Maher Shalal Chashbaz, that every empire that sought to attack the Jews was ultimately destroyed, looted by another empire, while the Jewish people, meanwhile, endured. And this kept up the Jewish faith, not only in the Messianic redemption, but also that Sha'ar Yashuv, that no matter what happens, a remnant will return. All of these beliefs were joined in an account given by Menachem Begin in an essay where he describes what he had learned about the murder of his father and other Jews in the city of Brisk at the hands of the Nazis. Menachem Begin wrote, 
איך מתו אמי ואבי בידי הגרמנים, משמידי עמנו. How did my father and mother die at the hands of the Germans, those who destroyed our people? אין לי על כך ידיעה בדוקה. I do not have confirmed knowledge. כאשר ביקרתי בפעם הראשונה בארצות הברית, when I first visited the United States, כמחצית השנה לאחר חידוש עצמאותנו והיציאה מן המחתרת, around a half a year after the renewal of our independence, in my exit from the underground, נפגשתי עם מספר ידידים, I met with a number of beloved friends, יוצאי בריסק דליטה, who came from בריסק of Lithuania, עיר הולדתי, the city where I was born. הם סיפרו לי את אשר שמעו מפי ניצולים אחרים, they told me what they heard from other survivors. ואת אשר שמעתי הנני רושם, and what I heard, I now write. חמש מאות יהודים הובלו יום אחד על עבר הנהר בוג. 500 Jews were brought one day to the banks of the Bug River, אשר בקרבת חופיו שכנה בריסק, on whose banks the city of בריסק was, עיר ואם בישראל, בריסק that was a city and mother in Israel. בתוכם, among those 500 Jews, היה אבי, was my father. הוא החל בדרך, He began on the way, Lashir Imam, to sing with his fellow Jews, at Shir Ha'emunah, the song of faith. Ani mamin b'munah shleima b'viyat ha-Mashiach, I believe, with complete faith in the coming of the Messiah. Hu gam kara lahem Lashir et ha-Tikva. He also called to them to sing ha-Tikva. Kulam sharu, they all sang. Ha-Germanim dachfu otam l'toch ha-Nahar. The Germans pushed them into the river. Hu patchu alehem b'shnei evarav b'eish mimachonot yiriyah. and opened fire from both sides with machine guns. Hanahar Bog ha'adim midamam shal ha'yudim. The river Bog was reddened from the blood of Jews. Imam haya avi mori avi azakin. With them was my father, my teacher, my elderly father. To believe in the most difficult of moments, all that Isaiah proclaimed, all that the names of his sons proclaimed, that belief is so inspiring. And it obligates us to keep alive in our hearts the love and loyalty of those who have come before, and to allow that love to fuel our faith in the Jewish future. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off. <laughs>